Guess what, everyone? It's season two. Thank you so much for being part of the Spillet journey with me and tuning in to the Spillet podcast. Spillet is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire people, and everybody should be learning something new. Spillet is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm over on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers are able to be part of the conversation by joining in and leaving comments as part of the live streams. For more information on Spillet, to find the links for the live shows, find upcoming episodes and guests to be part of the show, or to support me by joining the official Spillet Patreon or get yourself some merch, head over to the Spillet website at www.spillit.uk. Hello, welcome to Spill It. Spill It is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share some inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire others, and help people learn something new. My name is Marcus, and I'm going to be keeping you company for the next 10 minutes until our fabulous guest of this evening will be joining us, and I cannot wait to get into it. Ooh, this is episode 65. We are on the last week of our Pride Month as well. So this is episode 65, Pride Month, and we are talking about Pride. Of course we are. Of course we are. We are going to be talking about Pride. And the fabulously amazing Debs Bradshaw will be joining us at 7.10pm. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. If you haven't checked out our other episodes yet, then you can do. All you have to do is head over to the website, www.spillit.uk, and you'll be able to catch up on all of the episodes we have done so far, including every single one of my Pride LGBTQ plus episodes. Yes, here we go. I am ready because it's my new favorite part. (laughs) It's my new favorite part. It is tea time. That's right, it's tea time. This is a section where I get to spill my tea on things that I found on social media or in the news or wherever, really. And then obviously I talk about some uh, some special announcements as well. But before we get into that, <sighs> Deborah, it's nice to see you. Thank you so much for joining. You are back in Arizona and you waved when you flew over. Uh, I wish I knew I would have waved back at you. I don't know if we I actually would have seen the plane, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it would have flown over the Northwest, but there we go. Uh, I'm glad that you're back in Arizona, though, Deborah. And thank you again for joining. Now, here we go. Here is my tea for today. I had to talk about it. We have to talk about it. The petrol crisis. What is going on? Right. So basically, for those who don't know, the UK at the moment is, uh, I mean, I say that we're having a petrol crisis. We're not. It's just basically the media has done this thing of saying, oh, there's a there's there's a, a lack of drivers which could affect um, the fuel getting to the stations. What that has turned into is 
is turned into people panic buying fuel. So there are queues and queues and queues of people queuing up to get fuel for their cars that they probably don't drive that much. And it's putting people who actually need their cars to get from A to B for emergency services, for elderly or vulnerable people who need to get to doctors or hospitals, the people who just work around on the roads. It It's putting like their jobs and their livelihoods and everything, not at risk, obviously. It's not that they're going to get sacked or anything. But it, come on, guys. There's no need to panic buy. Let's just, you know, just keep going the way that you normally go. I, I, So I travel with my daily job, my day job. I travel around and I uh, I, I drive around Manchester. Um, I can rack up around, what, 60, 70, 80 miles per day. And I was driving home today and I was like, I, I looked at my meter and I had like 60 miles left. And I thought, I'm not going to be able to do my job if I don't fill up, I had to stop off. I th- I tried going to three different petrol stations on the way home and I, and they were all out. Then I tried two different service stations and they were out. I was like, if I can't, if I can't fill up, then I'm, I can't do my job. So guys, let's just use some common sense. You don't need, this is like the lockdown stuff all over again. When people were running to supermarkets and getting all the loo roll, come on on like you know give your head a bit of a wobble go and sit in a corner and have a quiet word with yourself that's all i'm gonna say on the matter okay you don't need to you do not need to panic by okay just chill out just chill out just continue the way that you go like you normally do that's it okay and that was my t for today just as an uh as an update as well this weekend i will be updating the website so the www.spillit.uk i'll be updating that website to uh obviously show you all the guests all the fabulous guests that i've got throughout october but you'll also be able to have a one click away from seeing everything else that i do outside of spill it and outside obviously my normal day job as well you'll be able to see absolutely everything whether that be uh, my mw coaching my dance exercise classes whatever it is you'll be able to see it all on this one hub so the spill it website will become my hub so you'll be able to you know see everything else that i do there you go that's pretty much it really so uh that <laughs> make sure you stay tuned for that keep an eye out on that website i'll obviously put it everywhere and i will i'll probably share some uh, some photos for you on next week's episode uh that's probably gonna have to happen anyway so yeah that was my tea It is around that time. I've got a fabulously amazing, intellectual, very intelligent person waiting to come out. She's been so, so patient as well, listening to me ramble on about petrol for ages. (laughs) But my special guest for this evening is waiting. She is a local legend. Yes, that's right. A local legend. I'm just going to say a legend because she is. She's a legend. Well, it is that time and it is time to bring out my special guest for this evening. Here we go. Welcome to Deb's Bradshaw. 
Hello. Hello, Marcus. Can you see me okay? Because I've not lighting here. It's gone off. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I was quite happy listening to you and your, your petrol crisis because it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's absolutely it is ridiculous. ridiculous what's going on. <laughs> it is. I was going to ask you for some input. What What do you think about it or what's what's going on? Well, I've had it on very good authority. Um, it's apparently, and I'm not being ageist here, but apparently it's a lot of like the older generation that are, uh, are going out who do their like, you know, they put like a fiver a week or a tenner a week in and just trundle around and they're filling up when they've never, ever done it before. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just having I mean, a silly knock-on effect. And I agree a thousand percent with you. It's just silly. Just yeah, put your normal fuel in. Stop it. You just put your normal fuel in. Like, there's no point whatsoever. Deborah's uh, joined in as well, saying toilet paper, paper towels, and bottled water crisis started across the pond as well. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, there's no need. Just buy what you normally would buy. It's yeah. as it's as simple as that. There's a there's plenty enough to go around. However, somebody did say to me the other day that maybe all these people that stockpiled the toilet roll and are now going to use jerry cans to get the petrol will then put the petrol onto the toilet rolls to help themselves with fuel and heat because there's going to be no gas. So that's yeah. the next one. Yeah. No uh, toilet rolls uh, and petrol, we're sorted. <laughs> the thing is, is that it's not going to stop here either. So obviously the, the media have already started talking about the fact that um, Christmas may be ruined because of the uh of the of the no fuel and obviously truck drivers can't get to the deliveries done and all that lot which then means that people are going to run out and start boat buying turkeys and everything else because it's, yeah it, it's, i can't i really i i genuinely i can't i really worry about the human race scary <laughs> It is, it is. But enough about that. I'm ready to play a little game. Are you ready to play a game with me, Debs? Yeah, just go for it. Let's do it. This is This or That. (laughs) Or That is a new game that I play with my guests where I ask them two simple things would you choose this or would you choose that it's as simple as that really um it's nice and easy it's just a nice game and you guys at home can play along and see if you agree with some of deb's answers are you ready to play deb's yeah awesome right first one off the bat superman or batman oh superman okay okay lions or bears lions Mm-hmm. I would have to agree with that. Milk or juice? Oh, juice. Mm-hmm. 100%. Gold or silver? Gold. Uh, I disagree. I would go for silver. Classy bird. <laughs> Google or Bing? Oh, Google. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think anybody would ever choose <laughs> Bing. Frozen yogurt or ice cream? Oh, frozen yogurt. Quite like a bit of frozen yogurt. Mm, I've started getting into frozen yogurt, actually. I quite like it. Um, Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could never get Twitter. (laughs) No. I'm not on it. (laughs) Instagram or Reddit? Oh, it it would have to be Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Blue eyes or green eyes? Ooh... Oh, blue eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, blue eyes. Uh, and your last one, 
witches or wizards? Oh, witches. Mm-hmm. I am one. <laughs> What's what people tell me? <laughs> there you go. And that was this or that. There we go. It is over. How did you find that? It's great. I was dancing along to the music. It's great. <laughs> I love that little thing, like that little uh, jingle there. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, I can't wait to make some more games as well with new jingles. <laughs> okay. You need, you need more more time. Do other things. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I do too much as it is. Somebody else can make me my jingles. Uh, right. Let's get into it because uh, this is uh, an episode that I've been wanting to do for a while. And obviously we're at the end of Spillet's LGBTQ plus Pride Month. And obviously we are going to talk about Pride. However, there is one question that I want to know because there will be people out there who don't know for some bizarre reason who you are. So for those people living under a rock please tell everybody who is deb's bradshaw who is deb's bradshaw well there you go which day is it so for the purpose of tonight uh deb's bradshaw is the chair of preston pride and i have been doing lgbtq plus work in and around lancashire for 20 odd years i've been part i've been a, a big activist of part of the lgbt community i helped with a consultation on the marriage equality bill oh wow i, I didn't develop, know that yeah 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 um i helped to uh, develop lanx lgbt i was with the original chair and one of the original trustees and the original steering group before it was lanx lgbt it was preston gay and lesbian uh, group oh uh, wow so we had well. We have Beth Meadows from Lancashire LG, uh, yeah, LGBT. Yeah, yeah, no, Beth was on. So yeah, um, so yeah, I've been around, I've been here and there, but my passion um, very much is around the community element of Pride and keeping Pride um, sort of out there. And there's lots of reasons for that, which I'm sure we're going to continue to discuss. Um, obviously, I'm an out lesbian. Um, as I said, I couldn't do this without doing that. But I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm, I have my feminist days. Some days I am, some days I'm not. It depends what mood I'm in. Um, but I'm a very strong believer obviously around women's rights and equality of women's rights as well as a lot of other equality work because my passion also as well as the lgbtq stuff is um inequality across the board so discrimination is not acceptable in any form whatsoever and that really is what got me into my uh, community activism uh way 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 back when about being you know stuff that happens in the community and it's just appalling and it shouldn't be going on Mm -hmm. in 2021 yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, there, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of different questions that we, a lot of different topics within, obviously, the work that you do, and obviously within Pride in general. Um, and there'll be a lot more that we won't actually be able to get through. So, obviously, guys, if you are have got any questions for Debs on this subject, please feel free to pop them in the comments. Or if you are listening to this on the podcast, feel free to email over to me, and we will get those answers for you too so debs why is pride important specifically in 2021 okay right how long how long have we got marcus we've got like, <laughs> yeah i'll uh, i'll kind of summarize it so 
realistically, we shouldn't have to have a pride in 2021. I mean, you know, it's the same as anything. You know, why have we got the Caribbean Carnival? Why have we got all these other, you know, um, you know, minority festivals as, as seen as or whatever? Um, unfortunately, um, there is still a lot of discrimination. There's still a lot of prejudice towards the LGBTQ plus community. And um, recently, not that long ago, I chose to do, well, I was really scared, I know you introduced me as somebody like super intelligent, but I chose to go back to school and college and I did my, uh, my master's dissertation all about the purpose of Pride in 2021. And what I was interested in finding out was there's a lot of bad press around Prides and understandably so, you know, it's like, it's not, you know, people have this misconception, it's just for the LGBT community. And I've heard it said, and, you know, I've got some horrific stories that have happened in Preston when we've run it you know in the community and oh it's over commercialized it's all about making money um you know and then you compare like the big prides in the UK so you've got your big ones like Manchester's our big local one compared to like London and Brighton and then you think well actually what what is the purpose of it what's the point well the point is it's about that engagement it's raising visibility for the community it's acceptance it's inclusion it's showing that we're there and showing that you know we're not invisible anymore we're out and proud we don't have to hide anymore you know we haven't got police knocking on our doors and arresting us and putting us in prison which wasn't that long ago um and it, it's for me it's around education and, and awareness raising and what's something i'm extremely proud of is being involved with pride from its inception in preston because i'm a preston born and bred girl as well and um, we launched it at the guild so we actually launched it in 2012 um and we thought well if we're going to do it we're going to do it and if we're going to do it once as a one-off let's go for it and get on the back of the guild if we're going to be able to do it let's go for it and since 2012 and obviously we've missed this year and last year sadly because of covid um, but the increase of young people and different communities attending. So when I say different communities, I mean to diverse communities. We've had a really good mix because I understand, obviously, Preston has got um, high um, uh, people of colour, you know, um, communities, black minority ethnic communities. And yes, they do exist with gay people in them. And, you know, it's a, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff around um, intersectionality around, you know, you're a woman, you're gay, you're this, you're that, you're the other. Um, but we are really proud, as I say, about the, the young people specifically, because sadly in Preston, up until very recently, um, certainly from the statutory organisations, there used to be a young people's LGBT, as was then group. And because of the cutbacks, that was closed. I think it was about 2019, I think they stopped it. Um, but the young people, I would say it's a good, I know you've been to the Pride, Marcus, I know you've been there. Um, and I would say now we get a good 50% of the audience that attend, and it's fantastic. And one of the young people that I spoke to on the day, he was so lovely, um, and he came over to me and he said are you that woman that was on the stage before and I said yeah yeah that was me and he went do you know what he said I'm so pleased to be here with my friends he said it's the only day in the year I can be me he was 14 I mean so he'll be about 16 now he's 14 years old and his friends and they were all wrapped in rainbow flags and it that has just stood out for me as one of the key things I thought you know what that's why we have to do pride for young people as well as older people to be able to feel safe, secure, be part of a community that they may not be able to be part of normally. normally. Um, and yeah, so that's some of the reasons why we need to still have pride. 
and yeah, and some is the operative word there because there's, there's still a oh, lot political, more. Oh, political, political, yeah. you're banging. <laughs> uh, I mean, one like, and we're going to get into the whole political side of things because obviously, I want to know um, where where it all started, like way back. Oh, well. I can give you the full history tour. Exactly, and we're gonna we're really going to get into that one. However, there was something that you did mention that I wanted to to touch upon. So <clears throat> you mentioned that. People uh, look at Pride as if like oh it's it's too commercial. It's basically just like it, it's all for like making money and stuff like that. And I'll be completely honest, like way back in the day, that was my impression. My impression was it was that it was just I, I didn't see the point. I didn't understand why it was important to do Pride. I just thought it was oh it was just one big party that's it and it is just commercial and it's lost its meaning and blah blah blah, blah. um but actually we i found personally that the smaller prides yeah. are very very focused on why it's important and there was and i'm, I'm not, i won't go into too much detail because obviously that's uh it's not for us to, to talk about but there was a, a huge uproar with regards to manchester pride uh more recently with regards to making money and losing its meaning and all that lot and it turned out that a lot of people within manchester pride had, had moved away from there to start their own protest if you will there were people walking down the streets and all that lot and this now links nicely with what i was going to say with uh, with regards to pride is not a party it's a protest and it started uh, way back as a protest, and so I will pass the uh, pass the torch over to you, and you can I'm explain. Be a history teacher now, Margaret. There you go. Yeah, you can be our history teacher on Pride. Okay, so Pride originated um, in New York, 1969, with the Stonewall riots. That was kind of that has now gone down in history as the as the main event. And what was happening at the time? Um, it was illegal. It was at the, the end of kind of the civil rights movement in the late 60s in America. And it was still illegal to be gay. Um, and what happened on that night? Basically, the community in a in a small, say, the Stonewall Inn, uh, in a just in Greenwich Village in New York, um, decided that they'd had enough and they fought back. And it was actually the drag queens um, got the stillies out and started to, you know, use the stillies as as a weapon, which I know is not right. Um, and and that's basically what started it. And it we had a, there was a massive riot. And then from that riot, then they, when I say the they, um, that then started with marches, which were peaceful marches. Obviously, those resonated around the world. And I think I'm pretty sure the first one that we had in London was 72. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 1972. So in London, 1972, it was the first first pride. Now, you might think, well, you know, it. It was okay because it was it wasn't it was it wasn't illegal anymore to be gay in the UK. 1967 was when they changed the homosexuality equality bill, and so prior to that date, so it's only about four or five years later, um, you would be imprisoned, you would be beaten, you know, you'd be dragged off the streets, um, and and basically not treated in a nice way just because of who you were so 72 was the first london march and that just escalated then and the there was things like the campaign for homosexual equality che which our previous mayor um david Burrows, was one of the founder members of who again preston manny was previously mp for south ribble i've met david on numerous occasions fantastic guy and you know it was there was a lot of under things under things going on within the community 
sadly, it took a very, very, very long time to start making headway. And then good old Mrs. Thatch came along um, in the in the mid 80s. And I don't I'm sure some of the listeners of viewers will have seen Pride, the actual film um, and brought in something called Section 28. And what happened was in Section 28, it did a massive, massive damage to the LGBT community because the statutory authorities at the time were told that they had to stop teaching about anything to do with um, same-sex relationships. But it actually wasn't the schools. All it was about was not promoting same-sex relationships. And it came because there was a minister at the time who'd seen a book about two dads and a daughter who were in, it was in one of the libraries in London. And he went back to Mrs. Thatch and said, you know, we're not happy about this because at the time they were giving it large about all the, um, you know, the perfect families and, and all the stuff that was going on at the time, which was ridiculous. I remember it very well. And so they put this statutory ban um, around promotion of same-sex relationships, which had a huge knock-on effect um, into schools, into communities and teachers then. So, you know, we're going back um, sort of like mid 80s were scared and frightened because they thought they would be fearing um, dismissal. And then the pride movement, obviously, was then around still around equalities and legislation. I mean, at the time, you know, you couldn't, um, you know, it still wasn't legal, could still be sacked. For being gay you know that only came in in 2003 so we've gone we've had to fight a hell of a lot but things still haven't you know still haven't that we're a lot better than we were um but i mean even now i mean again i don't know if you um if you as a listener is aware of something called gay conversion therapy however it's not just about um gay people this is also connected to the trans community as well so if if within your community you are identified as your sexual orientation is against your particular beliefs or values um you may be offered um you know to go to speak to somebody who can convert you back so a lot of people don't identify uh, with a sexual orientation or gender identity, and that is very, very dangerous. And I also, in my day job, um, as well as flying my big rainbow flag, um, which I don't do as my professional job, sadly, it's all voluntary. <laughs> um, but in my day job, I work in mental health and the amount of impact that this has. And I know you've done some of your, your sessions on mental health, Marcus, but it's huge and the suicide rate is still the highest in the trans community for adults because of internalization because of fear of either coming out or identifying who they are and just being them so this still comes back on to what we've said about the importance of pride um, but we've still got ways to go we've still got fights you know there's still a lot of inequality i still get i have had recently um myself and, and wifey were out shopping outside of aldi i won't say which one but it was one in preston um and two people got out of the car all we were doing was putting our shopping into the boot of the car and we were just about to go and have a quick drink because we finished our shopping wifey leant over to me gave me a peck on the side of the cheek and said yeah come on i'll take you for a beer we got abuse from these two guys that got out of the car just because I was like, I was totally like, right, policemen, hate crime, reporting, you don't know who you're messing with. <laughs> so <laughs> got the reg and everything. But it's not acceptable. You, you, yeah, why do people still think they can do that? And and again, just going back to the importance of pride and, you know, where it all came from, um, I think it's two or three years ago, I remember seeing a, a guy walking across the flag market in Preston, which is where we, we host pride. And I remember distinctly, I was just at one of the stores and we hadn't even properly started. The axe hadn't come on or anything. And I remember seeing him look up, look at all the rainbow flags. He had a little, I would say probably two, three-year-old son with him 
picked his son up and physically ran across the flag market. And, you know, it beggars belief. So, yeah, the history's there. Discrimination, prejudice, sadly, is still there. And education, biggie, you know, PHSE, there's loads. So just fire, fire what you want to know more about. But, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. Um, but, unfortunately, there was a lot of damage done by the Conservative government in the, uh, in the 80s and knocked us back, basically back to where we were at the late 60s. Just starting to get there again now. And I just, I just want to stress as well for people who are listening um, who might not necessarily know a lot about Pride or a lot about the LGBTQ plus community or might have the misconception that, um, oh, everything's fine in the LGBTQ plus community. I mean, like this, the, the stuff that we've just talked about, or the, sorry, the stuff that Debs has just talked about then, that's within a lifetime ago. That's like, that, that's, that's happened recently. That's one person has lived through that quite recently. That's how recent it is. And the fight doesn't stop now. The fight continues. And we've said it for, to be fair, every episode this this whole month. Um, it's equality. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for equality. We're not looking for more rights. We're not looking for more privilege. We're looking for equality. The, the the you know the clue is in the name is equal that's what we are looking for and until equality is reached then we will continue and then even after that pride will continue because it'll be remembering yeah. the fights it'll be remembering the the blood the sweat the tears that have gone into where we are today or where we will be then and you touched on obviously the the experience outside Aldi I was obviously a horrible experience and it reminded me of a time. So I'd just got into uh, my relationship who, with uh, obviously Glenn, who I'm married to now. And it was one of our first year, first Christmases together. And I remember going through the Trafford center and buying Christmas presents. And it was obviously Christmas is the time of year where obviously couples are all together and they're all shopping together for the kids or for family or whatever. And they're all walking around holding hands and all that. Line. And I looked over at Glenn's hand and I, and I distinctively remember looking at his hand and thinking, I just want to hold his hand. And I looked at him and I said, I, will you be okay if I hold your hand? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fine. And so I held his hand and it started off with looks. It was like the, the double ticks. And then it turned into them people laughing and sniggering. And then people saying stuff. And then it turned into more vocalization yeah. from people who obviously didn't understand and all of that lot or uneducated, um, full of hate for life or whatever. And yeah, it turned into a point like it turned to a point point where I was just like, oh, this is it's just too much. I just don't want to do it. And from that day, actually, from that day, we don't do public shows of affection. And there's a lot of people out there who don't do public shows of it's attention. very, very, very common, that, Marcus. You know, that's, again, another reason why at Pride, you know, people can be themselves. And it's ridiculous, you know, in, in this day and age, for you and, you know, your hubby to not be able to walk down the road. And sadly, you know, I mean, I have seen young lads in town and I, I actually spoke to one of them um, because they were holding hands. They were probably in their late teens, and they were, I just was so chuffed for him, but I just whispered in one of their ears, just be careful, guys. And he was like, who do you think you are? And I thought, I'm not 
I'm not interfering. I'm just saying, just be careful because there's a lot of silly people out there. Um, I mean, sadly, I was involved with the family of um, uh, the young guy that was beaten up outside of McDonald's not that long, about 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got him to speak. Well, it's, no, crack, it's longer than that. Isn't it? I was like, yeah, we've lost 18 months because of COVID. So it's <laughs> two years ago. Uh, but yeah, we, we got him to speak at Pride because he just wanted to thank the community for all the support that he'd had um, on his Facebook page. His mum wanted to thank people for supporting him and you know and, and again you should be able to go out and get a burger with your mates and come out without a load of idiots hurling abuse at you and then thinking it's okay to go and basically give you a slap and a bit of a kick and no yeah. it's not acceptable yeah definitely um and actually speaking about like obviously couples and things like that and the the way that people think that everything's okay in the uh, L- uh, everything's okay with the lgbtq plus community because obviously uh you know there's there's whatever um it links nicely with what i wanted to talk about would be like media representation and what do you how do you think the lgbtq plus community and also as a separate thing pride is represented uh in the media i i still get excited when i see a gay character in something or a lesbian in something the only sad thing is they always end up badly so, like, mm-hmm. you see any of the soaps, you know, and there's always a negative connection to their relationships. I mean, even Walford Pride in EastEnders, which always makes me smile. There was a lang- They were trying to do a Longridge Pride, by the way. Just want to put that out there when you're talking <laughs> about small prize. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, I mean, not that long ago, the only media portrayal you saw, um, and, again, linking this maybe back to people of influence, were usually very gay, very camp men, usually comedians. And then you'd see the women who were very stoic, you know, like the Sandy Toxvigs, or who might be very butch or, you know, and then you just think, well, what about the, say, the middle-of-the-road lesbian who, you know, I don't have short, spiky hair and wear Doc Martens and, you know, and, and wear Dungrace used to. Don't know. Hey, I've grown my hair. Um, but, but, but yeah, so in the, you know, in the media and again with Pride, it's, it again, that is, that is just that commercialism that's fueled and they forget about the local ones. You know, in Lancashire, even Blackpool now, they are getting more, they're going back to where they were with the community. I mean, Rob Mee that runs the Lancaster Pride, Lancaster Market Pride, every credit to him. You know, he's, he's fought tirelessly like we all do, um, you know, to get the Prides up there on the map. But, you know, again, it's back to these back to these smaller prides and supporting them. But in the media, it's always the big. And when there's, you know, I remember not that long ago, it was London Pride. There was back to the trans community and somebody at Pride, I think it was a, a female trans woman, was told she couldn't go in the toilets. And I don't know, I'm sure Beth has covered some of this. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. And there was a hoo-ha. Um, and also about female-only spaces. That's another one of my, of my biggies as well. And, you know, again we're not having female only spaces, you know, trans women at pride and all this crap. And I just think, you know what, back to equality markers, it's people are people and let them be who they are. But the media will always pick up on the negative stuff. They will always pick up on something that's to sensationalize stuff. They never pick up on the positive. I mean, look at Nicola Adams, you know, I mean, the first same, same sex couple dancing on, I know it's part of your thing, dance there, darling, dance, um, dancing on Strictly. Fantastic. But why couldn't she just be Nicola Adams on Strictly? The two mm-hmm. guys now, you know, the gay guy now, who's, I can't remember his name, he's a sportsman, I think, that's on the current Strictly. Why make a big thing out of it? It's a guy dancing with a guy, so. But again, it's because it's like, ooh, 
look at that, a bit of titillation, a bit of sensationalism. Um, and again, I think it's a bit like back to your petrol crisis, really. You know, the media just fuels stuff um, and they jump on things. But certainly back to portrayal. I mean, you know, it's a sin. We've all, I'm sure most of you, mm. your viewers, listeners, fantastic. Russell T. Davis, absolutely every credit. Um, the real woman was in that as well. The girl who played the his best mate. The oh, real really? Woman, she was the mum. Yeah, she was in oh, it. Oh wow! That's a bit of there's a bit of input there from Deborah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she was actually in it. Um, but yeah, and again, yes, it was a very, very, very hard hitting story. But it's a it's a huge part of our history from within the LGBT community. And I know you've you've covered the HIV stuff. Another reason, again, I got massively into my community activism was um, for my ignorance at the time when Freddie Mercury died. I'm a massive Queen fan, and when Freddie Mercury died, I didn't know what HIV was. Um, I kind of knew about it. Um, I lived through the 80s with the tombstone advert, you know, don't die of ignorance. And then Freddie Mercury, I didn't even know Freddie was gay. That's how ridiculous, um, you know, you just think, what? Freddie Mercury's died? What? And then I went to the concert afterwards. I went to the memorial concert in 1992. I saw all the red ribbons. I listened to what they were talking about. And I thought, I can't not do anything i've got to do something now so 1992 was probably when i started to really and i actually linked in then i found out more about my local hiv charities in preston at the time um but yeah but again it, you know it always negative 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 and it's ridiculous it shouldn't be the case definitely i think a lot of the storylines in soap operas or even just like tv shows in general or with some of the films as well i think people who the characters who identify within the LGBTQ plus community are pretty much used as scapegoats. Like yeah. there's always, there's always something wrong. They're, they've always got a doomed relationship or they've yeah. got, they get murdered or they get killed off in some way. Or like there's, there's always something um, like, or the worst one is that so they come out as like, oh, I'm now gay or I'm now lesbian or whatever. And there's just, there's one other in the village or town or whatever. And suddenly they're in a relationship. Like, it's just like, yeah. the, not every, <laughs> it goes back to like what people say. Like, not every gay person or every, any, not one person, not in my instance, not every gay person is attracted to every other gay person. Oh, okay? no, you, you get that. I've had that a lot. And I'm sure you've had it. You know, when, when I first came out, I was in my thirties when I came out, but when I first came out, I did have a little bit of a bad reaction from one of my friends at the time. And she was convinced that I fancied her. And it was like, nah. and like you say, Marcus, you know, it's that misconception. That's back to education and awareness, you know, yeah. Not every heterosexual person fancies every. <laughs> but it goes, and and though we may criticize, obviously the soaps and the TV shows and the films and all that law, what it basically boils down to is who is sat there in the writers' room, um, because that's what it is. It's who who is representing us within the uh, writers' room that's actually saying actually this isn't what it's about like maybe we should do it something like this and it and because of the instances like this it shows that there is a lack of representation of the lgbtq plus community yeah. within the writers room of these soap operas tv shows and films um so yeah that, i'm so glad that i i, I might say get into that because uh, yeah it's, it's something for that... gay for pay is the other one yeah yeah like people like um what's his face it was in top gun 
Um, they did Philadelphia. But he played the gay character who did need, died of HIV, um, Tom Cruise. And why didn't they have a gay actor to play that? And, it, and again, I've had big, big debates and arguments about this. Well, why do you have to be gay to play a gay actor? Well, I, I'm just going back to Emmerdale. I do know that Emmerdale, the, the storyline around Charity and Vanessa, the two lesbians, obviously Vanessa, I mean, she actually is gay in real life. And her partner is one of the writers, funnily enough, oh, wow. on Emmerdale. Yeah, she's. I think she might be the producer, actually. Um, but yeah, so they wrote that in purposely because... Um, Vanessa, where she actually is quite a, a big activist, a lesbian activist. Gentleman Jack, again, Saran Jones, loves Saran Jones, brilliant in Dr. Foster, great in Coronation Street, but why did she play Gentleman Jack? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lesbian actors out there, actresses who could have played that just equally as well. You know, and it, and it is that. And But then you go the opposite, and it's like, oh, is it the pink pound? Is it you've got to be pink to do the. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. You know, and it's just it's just ridiculous. But like you say, let's have some positivity out there. But with, there is, you know, I mean, Stonewall do the, I think it's 100, is it 100 inspirational people a year? And yes. that can be um, people from everyday life plus famous people um, who do, you know, put the, put the stuff out there. But, yeah, go Russell T. Davis, that's what I say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, moving the conversation back to Pride. So. Yeah. With regards to Pride, now, I I clearly know the answer to this, and I just want to know, I, I want you to explain this nice and clearly for everybody out I there. I will try, Marcus, it. I will try. <laughs> um, Pride is for, uh, obviously, the representation and the education of LGBTQ plus history. However, please can you explain who Pride is for? Pride is for everyone. It is not just for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, you know, straight allies. I, I, I've been doing a lot of work recently. Uh, again, f- funnily enough, it was with, uh, with Young People's Group um, around looking for straight allies. And, and it's always, it's really important that, you know, heterosexual allies, they're out there. We've got loads of mates, we've got loads of straight, you know, straight mates who support the community, support what we do. Um, but no, I mean, this this myth and misconception. And yeah, you know, I understand you go to like places like Manchester and it's ridiculous. It's a huge party. But guess what? We have a big party in Preston, but mm-hmm. there's no alcohol. So, again, that big thing about it's a, a pee up, you know, whenever you go to Pride and it's just a big party. Well, it's a party and it's a celebration, but you don't have to get hammered and walk around the streets of Preston to have and be part of the community and to be there side by side with your straight allies, with your friends, with your family on that one day. Or it's not even a full day, Marcus, is it? It's a few hours, half, you know, six hours in that one day that you're there to be able to be you with your friends, your family, your colleagues, your community, and it is for anybody to come along. And also the good thing about what we do at Preston Pride is the information. So when I was saying before about education, information awareness raising, we literally have everybody and anybody on those calls from, you know, from the police are there, the NHS are there, local charities are there, all supporting. You'd be amazed. I think we have some like 60 stalls. You'd be amazed. And this is all about showing solidarity, but actually saying, do you know what? Let's. We don't have to have a pride anymore because everything's okay. Well, guess what? No, it's not. And I know mm-hmm. I said this before, but what I'm working for, famous quote from me as well. I know that probably come up later. Um, is uh, good old George Orwell in Animal Farm, which is some pigs are uh, sorry, all what? Well, something to do with pigs. I can't remember what I said. It'll come back to me. All pigs are equal, except some are more equal than others. Thank you, Deborah. And that's about. <laughs> 
all pigs are equal it's setting off that you know level playing field that everybody's the same well guess what no they're not you know you could be gay with a disability you could be black and gay and lesbian or whatever it's about people Mm -hmm. definitely it's about people and the, the the thing is just just to stress like you you can go to a pride like even the preston one if you want if you're local to the area or whatever you can find a pride to go to to just be an ally. You don't need to have a gay friend to go to pride. No. You could go to pride to be educated, to be part of the community and to be a better ally because that's what we need. We need allies. We need people who who have gone through a life where they've not been ridiculed for holding their partner's hand or they've not like gone through at high school being bullied or they've not been pushed to what like put, having to push their thoughts and their feelings inside because they felt like they have been different to people around them and they don't feel like they are part of that like they are not the gender that they've been assigned to at birth we need people that haven't experienced all of that to become stronger allies for us to be a voice in those places. Like, as I said, in the writer's room of these different places, in the workplace, in all of these places that we don't have a, or don't have or don't necessarily have a voice. Like, that's what being an ally is. That's what being an ally means. It means being a voice when normally we would be pushed aside. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking something just popped into my head going way back to my school days when, you know, I mean, I, I kind of thought I was gay at the time, but I never came out as I said, until a lot later, as you do. But I remember my safe space at school was um, the music room, surprise, surprise, Marcus. But yeah, I used to just run away with my mates and I'd go into the music room. Um, but now it's like, for me, that's always stayed with me. And that part of my passion and mission is that safe space in Preston. And uh, we are doing still with pride. We are doing with more work with, you know, sadly in Preston, we haven't got any, uh, you know, gay venues, dedicated gay venues as such. But then do we need them? Why should we have? That's another debate. You know, why should we on the back of pride? Every year at pride, I can guarantee you, they all come out of the woodwork and say, we want to have a gay night. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you come out once a year. What happens to the other 364 days? Just make these places more inclusive. And if you get Muppets that come into your venues, verbalising or even worse, get rid of them, just chuck them out. And the more, and again, it's that back to Stonewall. Back in the early days, stand up. We shouldn't still have to fight for our community. But as we know, Marcus, sadly, we do. And it is, again, educating, raising awareness, you know, kids going into school, being allowed to talk about stuff, which it has got better. But then being allowed to talk about it at home, you know, then somebody at home will say, oh, shut up, you know, and all that. We've still got a way to go to change society and to change hearts and minds within families. And again, a lot of that bias that's out there. But we will we will get there, maybe in, in my lifetime, hopefully. But, you know, it maybe we've just got to keep going. And the more, as you said, straight allies we've got, the more people in educational settings, the more children that are coming through now generationally are being taught that that is not acceptable. You know, like the N word was 20, 30 mm-hmm. years ago for the black community. And yes, it's still used, sadly, but more and more young people, they'd, they'd be mortified if they even hear that word. Well, let's get that now 
for the LGBTQ plus community and use pride as a conduit to be able to move that protest forward and continue to do the work that we do. I, I, I will, I'm going to have rainbows all over the shop when I leave this mortal coil. I've already got, you know, drag queens will be there carrying the coffin and with rainbow <laughs> flags everywhere. I don't, I'm proud. I'm very, very proud of who I am, but I also am proud of my community and I'll do anything and everything that I can from being a 14, 13, 14 year old young person to my oldest woman I supported was 83. Little old, I don't think she'll be here anymore. Little old Violet, 83 when she came out and she came to Pride. Can you tell me where I can go to meet other women like me? Gorgeous woman. Like I say, she's probably not around, but she might still be around, but. Bless. That's, That's that. why we need pride. Definitely, definitely. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be more actively involved within the LGBTQ plus community who might just be an ally? Um, how can someone be a better ally? And what about those parents of LGBTQ plus children who might need to just have a little bit more education, they're a little bit worried or concerned. Um, what advice would you give to those three di- t- different types of people? Yeah, I mean, there's, I do know there's an amazing organisation called You Are Potential that specifically deal with with young people. They're based in Blackpool, um, but I do know they cover Preston um, and they have some fantastic resources on their website. I'm not a big fan of pushing people onto the internet to go and find out information. It is always better if you speak to somebody, uh, but I will mention her name because she's, she's a brilliant worker, a woman called Nina Beavers. Um, and so if it's a young person and they do have family support groups, for the parents of young LGBTQ people. But likewise, they also do the opposite, where they have support for young people whose parents uh, may also be same-sex, that they may have gone through a heterosexual relationship with mum-dad, and their mum might be gay or dad might be gay. So they also do... um, I mean, I've supported as well within Pride. Um, But one thing I would say, you know, if anybody has got any questions or queries, you know, by all means, ping us a message to the, the, you know, the Facebook um, page or or the website. We've got a website as well, which I know we'll probably cover at the end. Um, But it's just just... Just find somebody to talk about. Don't struggle on your own. Don't go in there now is a lot more support out there and you know you could go to a phse teacher if it's a young person um but again if you don't feel confident you know there's people out there in the community they've got us they've got us marcus you know there's people like us out there um who can support and i know that in preston certainly um that there's a there's a few more groups that are popping up um in support of lgbt community um i think beth may has spoken about her late women's only mm-hmm. group um, and I think there's another one that obviously everything got knocked back because of COVID, but they're all starting to pop back up again. So there is support out there in the community. Um, but what I would just say is please don't suffer in silence and please don't stay at home and think you're any different. And, you know, and please speak to somebody, because, as I said, the impact on young people and older people of the mental health, when they fear coming out, they're frightened of telling somebody their secret or whatever it is, you know, it is scary-ish but it's not as scary but it's a lot easier if you've got somebody to hold your hand at the same time and support you whilst you're doing it that's brilliant and before we start with the finishing i just want to go back to something that we kind of talked about because it's very very important specifically right now and i want you to just talk in a little bit more detail and how people can help 
with regards to conversion therapy because it is massive at the moment yeah. and it, i know that it was just we we spent a few minutes talking about it and obviously we've spent a lot more time talking about everything else and i don't want people to get to the end of this and forget how important it is to talk about this right now so yeah. if you can just talk a little bit more about the conversion therapy side of things and how important it is for people to be educated about what's going on right now and how can we help yeah okay so again just very quickly going back to your soap stories there was a gay conversion storyline uh with the two lesbian girls um which again was that was a, a multicultural mix as well which is even more exciting because it was the black girl and the asian girl but yeah that was the mother um and that was connected to a religious community and again through you know where you know where you know their, their community uh, originated um but it, it you know there is no practitioners so no gp um no mental health you know whatever would actually advocate that this is a good practice um you know the uh, the british medical council do not recognize gay therapy unfortunately a gay conversion therapy I should say unfortunately when boris had the opportunity to make it illegal and rubber stamp it he chose not to and he chose to kind of sit on the fence and i believe that it was partly one of the reasons why at the time one of his equality ministers uh, resigned because basically boris has just got to rubber stamp it and make it legal like it was you know um, legalizing back to homosexuality in 1967 uh, making gay conversion illegal it is dangerous for somebody who is going against themselves so even i'll switch it you know it's like saying okay so you're heterosexual do you really know you're heterosexual i think what we can do is we can convert you to being gay i mean good god you know there'd be an outcry but it's it's within communities it's bullying it's dangerous it's i mean for anybody out there, um, Jeanette Winterson wrote Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit. And that was my first um, introduction to gay conversion therapy and the main character who was Jeanette Winterson. So if anybody's listening and want to know more about, go and have a little Google. Jeanette Winterson, Oranges Are Not the Only Thru uh, Fruit. It was made into a drama as well, TV drama, or you can read the book. And she was connected to... Um, a religious community again and they tied her down in front of the community and basically tried to beat out the devil out of her just because she started to have feelings for another girl um, who was in that particular church setting so that's a true story um origin not the only fruit thank you there marcus um and that was my as i say and it is still going on the government equalities office did um a, a poll and again all this is available on the internet and one of the questions was, have you ever been offered or do you believe that you should have? And I think it was something like 30 odd thousand people had answered the um, the the survey and there was something like three percent, which doesn't sound a lot. But I worked my maths out and it was about seven and a half thousand people had either been offered gay conversion therapy or had taken conversion therapy up and there's quite a few films around it as well but it all i want to say to you is if anybody is out there listening to this and it's actually safeguarding um you know social services are taking this now very it's very similar dare i say it it's being linked with not linked with gen, uh, female genital mutilation but it's along the same lines now the severity of how it's being seen so you would not hurt somebody um it's mentally hurting somebody and that can have a knock-on effect i did know i am aware of somebody that tried to do it themselves the, the gay conversion therapy where they they were quite religious they came from a religious background and they then tried to become more religious to kind of get it out of their head um to think and go against 
it's natural to feel how you feel and you shouldn't fight how you feel because that is very, very dangerous. And you can actually report it now, I believe, as an element towards hate crime. Not that many people do, but please, 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 if anybody's out there and they've got any more questions or they're really unsure or they're frightened because they're feeling pressured um, because of their communities making them do it, please speak to somebody. Don't suffer in silence. Definitely. It makes me so upset when I think yeah, about... I get really upset about it. Yeah, and it's young people, predominantly. Yeah, it's young definitely. people. Um, all, along them lines as well, obviously, everybody's... Uh, binge watching stuff on netflix and all that lot there is a there is a, actually a really good film uh, a docu film on there called pray away um and it. yeah it's definitely give it a watch if you are interested in lear learning more obviously it's not exactly the same but it, it you you do get to kind of understand what how how it is um and there's obviously the guy that's on there that, that, that starts talking about it he was one of the people who did administer conversion therapy and then he has come out and gone actually i was wrong and you can't fight it and i identify now as a as a gay male and all of this so yeah just there's there's a lot of shit going out like right now and specifically around conversion therapy if you're out there and you're listening just just you know as an ally educate yourself look out for people um you know, use your voice, as I said earlier. And if you are, as as Deb's quite rightly said, if you are um, part of that, as in like you are, you've been forced to do it, you're being told that you must have conversion therapy or you're undergoing it, please reach out to someone. Like, don't suffer. It's not worth it at all. Like, you are perfect the way you are. They even so. covered it on Midwives. It was on yeah. Call the Midwife. They even had it in Call the Midwife. So thank you for going over that again. Uh, as I say, it was it was very important that we went through that again, uh, especially especially right at the end, um, which now leads me to, uh, I would think we've covered everything, but is there anything that we haven't discussed that you would like the opportunity to discuss now? Other than if people want to get involved in Pride, because we're always looking for, uh, for new community members to come on board uh, to get involved. There's probably a couple of people, you know, Marcus, that have contacted me recently. A young a young lady that's been on your show not that long ago, a young lady called Lauren. Oh, um, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's... Um, there's always opportunities to get involved with Pride. The more, the merrier. You don't have to be gay to be on the the community. It doesn't matter. Um, I will say that we we run it on a shoestring. You know, we're not Manchester. We're not. We haven't got massive amounts of budget. Every year when we run it, we get criticised. Why haven't we got a big a big headliner? <laughs> because we haven't. We have people like Kids for Kids there, who are a community amazing amazing group. You know, we have the odd like little smashby that pops up. We run it on a shoestring and we're always looking for additional volunteers to come in, give us fresh ideas, get involved and young people as well. So just ping us something on Facebook, fire us a message on the, the website because um, we will be regrouping probably in January to look at next year's Pride 2022. Brill. Well, that really does lead me nicely on to where can people find you? 
after we have just said yeah <laughs> um, yeah mainly the, the main one i would say is messenger on facebook um ping us a message on there we do as i said we do have a website um but we're probably more active on facebook uh, and then like i said any questions anything that comes from tonight um either yourself marcus you know you, you know how to get hold of us um but yeah just keep your eyes and next year is our 10th anniversary scary wow um, so we will be bigger and better and i'm hoping to try and attract some more funding to try we did have black lace one year that went down very very well Oh, wow yeah we were all we were all conger into uh with big bananas across the flag market to um i could do it's hilarious um so we have had one really famous group but anyway who knows who knows who knows who knows indeed we'll have to stay tuned and find out um have you got some final thoughts for the listeners and viewers at home my final thoughts are be true to yourself um, and I know I've got a quote coming up, but, you know, don't struggle. You know, if you are struggling with either sexual orientation or your gender identity, and I'm sure you've probably heard this already in the in the previous um, interviews that Marcus has done. Please, please, please don't struggle. It's scary. Um, you, you know, you might be frightened of coming out, but please just reach out to somebody, reach out to us. Um, and pride definitely is still a protest and it is still needed. We have to have a pride because if we disappear, where have we gone? We don't exist. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do exist. And we, I will still be banging on doors and knocking down MPs <laughs> and councillors and, you know, until we, we do get that equality. But yeah, that's what we're still fighting for. Brilliant. Now, at the end of every episode, I give my guests the opportunity to give a quote. Now, it can be something that they stand by, live by. It could be something that they've heard that they just really like. Or it could be something that they've made up and they just think, that is the quote for me. And I'm just wondering if you've got a quote for my viewers and listeners today. I have. Live life to the full and always be true to yourself. And what I will say at the end of that is bollocks to everyone else. Just be you. Be yourself. I tell you now, once you are yourself, life gets a lot easier. But watch out for the Muppets. That is beautiful. I absolutely love that quote. Thank you so much, Debs. You're it's welcome. been an absolute pleasure having you on this show oh, i love it and um, we've had a comment that from deborah just saying yes uh, to your quote so she uh, she completely agrees with that quote she's still in, where did she where did she go she went somewhere in america did she where did she go she's arizona. in arizona right. she's in arizona and um, yeah so she lives in arizona uh, she was uh, she was she came she went to went to, she went to switzerland uh, and then she's just gone back to arizona now and um, yeah, there you go. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're it's welcome. been amazing. You are you are now free to say your goodbyes. Okay, thank you. Anybody who was listening, anybody who's seen me, and goodbye, and see you, Skinner. See you next year at Pride, everyone. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> wow, an amazing guys. I got slightly emotional. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, what a great episode. What a great guest and. I, I'm, I hope that uh, it's been really drummed in to you why pride is important, why we still need to fight for it, why it's important to be an ally. That you know, be being an ally is is being part of the LGBTQ plus community, and it, it's discussing why being an ally is so important. And as we said, obviously in educational settings, in obviously, you know, bigger picture, obviously the writer's room, just anywhere that we have a voice that we can't speak in. 
Like not everybody in the LGBTQ plus community has a voice within the educational settings. However, if you are an ally and you're a strong ally, you can be our voice in those settings, in the workplace, in family life. Being an ally doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a professional thing. Being an ally, you could just be part of your friendship circle and being a very strong ally to somebody who is who identifies as part of the LGBTQ plus community within your friendship circle. Being an ally means that you stand up for them when they feel like they don't have a voice. That's what makes a good ally. Oh, I love this episode. This episode I got really into. Um, emotionally and mentally got into this episode. And I'm probably going to do some stuff like this again because it's been absolutely epic. So, yeah, that was uh, this episode. And, actually, that was September. That was September, guys. Oh, so we have completed our LGBTQ plus Pride Month. It is definitely going to happen again. It has been absolutely epic. I've had some amazing guests, some amazing episodes, and we have discussed stuff that we have really, really, really got into and needed to discuss. And have I got a lineup for you in October? Oh my God, I can't believe October's around the corner. Ah, October, the end of this week. Starting off in October, I have got the amazing Remus Williams, DJ and producer from London. He is going to be coming on the show to talk about how he has been managed to, how he has managed, sorry, to juggle absolutely everything that he does, including in lockdown and how he felt about the clubs and the club life, obviously, um, during lockdown and obviously out of work. Remus will be joining us on Wednesday, the 8th of October on at 7 p.m. Next up, we would have episode 67, What Comfort Zone? We have got special guests Laura Trevina and Emily Holm joining us to talk about breaking out of that comfort zone that we have grown accustomed to. What is your comfort zone and how do you break out of it? Both of those guests will be joining me on Wednesday, the 13th of October. Following that, we will be speaking to Megan Reynolds, joining us to talk about things that go bump in the night, speaking about her experience as a horror person, a horror person. I don't know what you describe them as. You know, those people that walk around and scare you at like Scare Kingdom and Farmageddon and stuff like that. She does that. And it's going to be interesting hearing like behind the scenes stuff and Oh, I can't wait because I absolutely love Halloween because we were getting into spooky season, guys. And then finalizing our October month, I will be joined by Marie Taylor, who will be coming on and talking about cheerleading in the UK. So we go from having something scary to something light and lighthearted. So we're going to be talking about cheerleading in the UK and why it is on the rise all of that in October. And don't forget as well to keep an eye out because during spooky season, you will have some amazingly good scary stories being read to you at midnight throughout October. Yes, at midnight. Now, I don't expect people to tune in at midnight, but they will be released at midnight because it launches the Spillet Midnight Society, which will be a scary storytelling and a brand new podcast launching. I hear you say, <laughs> yes, that is going to be happening through October. Keep an eye out because there's going to be a lot more happening with the Spillet community as well. One of the things, obviously, Deb's mentioned, 
was like there were other groups popping up and I've been wanting to do something myself uh, specifically after speaking to Danny Franzesi as well last week uh, around HIV and I have got a plan of action of what Spillet is going to do to help that. Well, all of that will be revealed in the future. Right now, it is time to wrap up the show. Oh, I love it because I love talking like this at the end. <laughs> Okay, okay. Let's calm down. My name is Marcus Wright. When I don't do this, I run a life coaching business called MW Coaching, which is a way for you to step out of your own way and beat that inner saboteur. That's right. If you suffer with imposter syndrome, specifically if you are part of the LGBTQ plus community as well, you can get in touch with me and we can set up sessions for life coaching. For that and everything else that I do, you can find everything over on my website, www.spillit.uk, including you'll be able to check out all of the episodes of Spillit and connect with all of my guests on Spillit as well. There's a little button that you'll be able to click on the date and you'll be able to see the guests and you'll be able to click connect with guests and it launches, you know, where they want you to go. It's awesome. Go go and check it out. But you'll also be able to see my uh, MW coaching and obviously everything else that I do as well on my website. To get in touch with me, the easiest way to get in touch with me is on my email. You can email me, marcus at spillit.uk. That is, goes directly to my inbox. I love seeing emails from you guys. So, you know, drop me an email. Just say hey sometime. Yeah, maybe you fancy it. Put a smile on my face. Send a joke. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> and also, you can support me in different ways over on the website as well you can become an official teacup by joining the official patreon that is where all of these extra podcast things are going to be going so all the little bonus episodes and stuff they're going to be going directly to patreon users only as well so make sure that you know head over to there you know, there's a little link that says become an official supporter. Click on that, and it is just two pounds per month. That is it. Two pounds per month. It is less than the price of a coffee or less than the price of a tea. <laughs> and you can become an official Patreon supporter, which means that you get access to the extra episodes that we do, the bonus episodes, and also many other things that are heading over to the Patreon customers only. <sighs> There is also stuff as well. You can buy merch, you know, just those little things like that. You know, little beanie hats. We're getting into cold season now. You know, there's beanie hats available. Pick what you want. It's fine. I'm also repping the a little bit of merch hoodie, which you can get. You can also get that as a pin badge now as well. Mm. Mm. Nice. Mm. Pin badge. Mm. (laughs) Right. Okay. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, it's been amazing, guys. Thank you. As always, for watching you guys have been absolutely epic this this month and just obviously this year but this specifically this month as well i feel like um you guys have learned a lot specifically around becoming an ally as well not everybody who watches this uh is part of the lgbtq plus community but now you are because now you're an ally that's it so you are part of the lgbtq plus community the plus is for allies the plus is for everybody else that is you Welcome, teacups, to the LGBTQ plus community. We'll get you a rainbow sent in the post. <laughs> right, now I'm done. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I'm so excited. I don't know why I'm really excited. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Thank you so much for watching. And until we spill it again, it's bye for now.